Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is time for some non-sports stuff, because it is time to get back to some of the comic stuff. And then we'll probably get back to some more uh, sports stuff next week. But that's neither here nor there, because playoff time's coming up. But right now, we are talking, getting back on the other side after a long football season and then a week off. It is time to talk about the Birds of Prey. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce. And joining me today is Kevin Miller. How the hell are you, Kevin? Uh, the perfect egg sandwich, too good, too pure for this world. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, rounding out our little trifecta here today is Rob Callflesh. How are you, Rob? I'm good. Thanks for having me again. All right. Great to have you guys back. It's been a while. It's been a while for you guys, but uh, here we go. When was the last time you were on? Rob, I know you were on one of the Mandalorian pods recently, so it wasn't too, too long ago for you. Uh, yeah, the but, Mandalorian or Rise of Skywalker, whichever one of those was last. Last, yeah. It's definitely Star Wars related. So you, you've been gone about a month, I would say. So not too, too long. But uh, how about you, Miller? It's been a while for you, hasn't it? Gosh, uh, I want to say, like, I mean, it's... it's What what Marvel movies were this year? Was it like Endgame or something? It's wow. been a while. Yeah, Endgame is going way back. <laughs> yeah, well, it would have been Endgame or, or probably... Were you on uh, the Spider-Man one? Uh, yeah, I would have been on that one. That yeah. was the one that uh, Aislinn was on, too, actually. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. That was a good one. I really liked it. But uh, there was uh, a while, like, it happens every Christmas season, it seems, where I get, like, a week behind on you guys. So I'm, I'm watching Mandalorian. I'm watching Rise of Skywalker, but it's too late to be on the pod. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, you're fine. here now, and we're talking about the Birds of Prey. And uh, we're going to say right off the hop, spoiler alert. Uh, for the Birds of Prey, if you have not seen this movie, and judging by some of the North American box office, you probably haven't. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say uh, that you should go out and see this movie. Uh, it's a lot of fun. People got to get out there and, and, and really support this thing, because I, I, I'd like to see this one uh, with some better numbers. Now, the R rating is probably what's killing the numbers a little bit. Um, yeah. Not, and taking not kids to see Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, taking the kids to see Sonic. Which, you know what? I'm glad that one's doing well because uh... against all odds, it's doing okay well, and is halfway decent from what I hear. <laughs> I just remember when that first trailer came out. We'll just go off on a complete tangent here for a second for the Sonic movie, <laughs> which I have not seen yet. But I mean, it's it's like I remember when that first trailer came out and you know Medellin Medellin Corollaries and all that stuff. Yeah, Sonic looked like crap, and they definitely should have spent the money that they spent to f- make him look like actual Sonic based off of that first trailer. Haunted Goblin. <laughs> yeah, but people were like complaining, like people were doing that whiny man baby thing about Jim Carrey not looking like Doctor Robotnik, and it's like Jesus, they'll probably get there by the end of the film, and it's just gonna be Jim Carrey out there doing his Jim Carrey shtick as Doctor Robotnik, and it'll be fun and. Ben Schwartz is hilarious, and he's voicing Sonic, and he'll run around, he'll collect some gold coins. Uh, Jim Carrey will attack him in these, like, Dr. Robotnik-like video game things, and it'll just be, like, fun for the whole family. And what the hell else do you expect from from a Sonic movie? Because I'm sorry, you're not going to get uh, Martin Scorsese directing <laughs> the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Like, that's yeah. just not going to It's a hell of a lot right better right. than you got from the Mario movie back in the 80s. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's a very good chance. Like, I'm not sure if people are making this claim, but I'm guessing the Sonic movie is probably the greatest video game-based movie of all time. I'm sure some people will, will uh, pull for that uh, 
Detective Pikachu nonsense, but I never actually saw that film because of just my my just, just raw seething hatred for for Ryan Reynolds, and and I refuse to support anything he's involved in. Um, but getting back on to, on the tracks here, um, the Birds of Prey, Prey flick. Um, so this movie's got a lot of like weird stuff kind of the the lead up to this film was tumultuous at best I would say. Um a lot of people are blaming bad marketing which I I don't think that's I don't think there was bad marketing for this film whatsoever. I think it was just the uh the uh men men's voices matter type of people on on the internet who are who are just the the vocal minority about why this movie's going to suck and and they just believe it's going to suck cuz it's all you know, but it's more or less an all-female cast, except for Ewan McGregor, who's just out of his fucking mind in this movie. But <laughs> we'll get to, we'll, we'll give Ewan his due uh, in a little bit. But um, the buzz leading up to this film was not as, um, like, the, the anticipation for that, for this movie, I just was, was not as high as I was hoping it would be. Part of if that's... I can speak personally yeah. for myself, um, so burnt uh, coming off of uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. To say nothing of, of like sure. most other DC movies that I've seen. Uh, I did miss Aquaman, which was apparently decent. Yeah, um, yeah. fun as hell. But like, like you know, coming off of like you know your your Dogs of Justice and your uh, your Justice Leagues and so on, I was like, well, Suicide Squad was stylish. But, you know, as, as you and I have said multiple times, it falls off after the intro, basically, Yeah. Uh, in a major way. Well, um, long, and I was like, well, intro. I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to love a uh, Birds of Prey movie at this point. <laughs> That's fair. And I do think I do think the name which they changed, because this movie is no longer... Like, the, the original title for this is The Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which, mm-hmm. you know, Fan- is silly. But fantabulous. The Fantabulous, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Rob. Sorry. How did I miss that? Uh, but it was, uh, um, but I mean, like, no one was ever going to call it that whole title. Like, nobody refers to it as Dr. Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Loving and, and et cetera, et cetera. I don't even know the full title for that one. <laughs> you just call it Dr. Strange Love. Um, and, uh, Bird's Brave for this. But they've actually changed it. So, like, the official title for now is probably what they should have gone with for the beginning. And, and it's, more or less what this movie is because it's it's kind of like the birds of prey like origin story but it's it's called yeah. like now they're calling it harley quinn colon the birds of prey or birds of prey or whatever which i mean maybe that's the title oh, really? they should have gone with <laughs> oh yeah they uh, like that was just like a little thing basically after the first week or whatever they just changed it they were like all right fuck it make harley quinn front and center which they were doing anyway so i don't know why they felt they needed to yeah put your star up front <laughs> exactly and it was like like harley quinn puts the asses in the seats uh birds of prey who i love some of them are a little off kilter in this one but fuck it whatever who cares let's let's have a movie and uh <laughs> Yeah, I just so part of it was I don't think people know Birds of Prey. Part part of it is probably a little bit of su- superhero fatigue. The R rating, um, like the movie is making bank. It's just they've already made their budget back easily, and it's just that the overseas numbers have done a lot better than the North American numbers. I don't know why. Again, I think some of it is the man baby. Some of it is uh, perceived as bad marketing. Uh, Miller, I completely agree with you that the the stink from the Suicide Squad movie uh, was was still up and around this. 
But it's hard because you can say that like all the movies in the MCU are kind of like mm-hmm. homogenous, but it's, like the yeah, D- yeah. the DCEU is so up and down. Like it's mm-hmm. you're either getting a great movie or you're getting a stinker. Yeah, well, I, I would say their last three outings have been like they're finding their footing. Like the Wonder Woman movie was good. Um, the it basically it's just like. Uh, I mean, like, like Wonder Woman was good, but then they followed it up with Suicide Squad, which we've said about, like I've said about a million times in this podcast, and I'll just make it a million and one, is a great movie until they get on that damn plane, and then the rest of it is just completely fucked. And, uh, uh, you know, and then there was the Justice League movie, which was, you know, just all sorts of silly nonsense. Yep, uh, so if, if you're following this renaming structure, you should call yeah. that one Russian Family, colon, the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And, you know, but Shazam was great. And I I, I like Birds of Prey. I'm, I'm, I'm in the camp for this stuff. Now, you know, people have accused me on the on the internet of, of being too soft on a lot of these movies. And, you know, that's probably true, but that's just because I mostly want to enjoy the flicks. And I don't think I'm as... And I think I, I come on here and I criticize the movies as well to a to at least a degree. Like I'm I'm not like Kevin Smith where I walk out there and I'm just like everything in this movie was awesome. And uh, like you know I, I I come out and I, I I say hey this is I like this and I like that. But overall I like the film. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a crazy stance to want to like movies. <laughs> no. And uh, yeah, not that I'm like some fucking hero or anything like that. But like I wouldn't say hero. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Um, I like this film. I don't think I'm willing to go higher than like a B for it, but I feel like I'm going to that this one's going to age really well. I, th- I think it's going to age really well. I think I'm going to like it more and more uh, every time I watch it. Um, mm-hmm. That said, let me throw it to you guys and uh, let's start with Rob. Rob, what were your overall opinions yep. on the Birds of Prey? I also very much enjoyed the movie. There, the whole way through, I had a lot of good laughs. I'd probably give it, uh, I, I'd say, probably a seven and a half, eight mm. out of ten, or seven and a half, eight broken legs out of ten. <laughs> the double stump. I I, I I cringed every time. Oh, every time. I, I must I must have been watching too many movies lately where people are getting their legs broken, and every time it's just it started to feel like it hurt me. It's so <laughs> gross. Yeah, when you do that in movies, it always is. But no, it, it was a lot of fun. Hmm. Uh, how about you, Miller? What were your overall thoughts on the Birds of Prey? Uh, I liked it. I actually am excited. Uh, I don't think I'll see it in theater again, but I'm excited to watch it a second time. Um, hyper violence, uh, extremely stylish. Um, it seems like they learned all the right lessons from that first 45 minutes of Suicide Squad that you were mentioning earlier, Matt, because they, they kept in all the fun stuff and the, uh, like infographics that are always a lot of fun in the movie like that. Um, Along with the structure of, like, you know, I'm Harley Quinn, I'm narrating the story, and I don't know how to do it, so I'm going to start in the middle and then have to back up and then have to go, you know, in a completely different direction halfway through, and, oh, have I talked about the Hunters yet? Like, it was manic in a way that felt really fun and in character. Um, yeah, I forgot about I, I, that, I very actually. much enjoyed it, and I'd be I'd be curious to piece it together. A lot of good Easter eggs in it, too. Like, <laughs> like there's a poster of Captain Boomerang in the... In yeah. the uh, police station. Yeah, she goes, hey, I know that guy. Jai Courtney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man! And like, I mean, they're they're leaning hard into like their R rating too, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as like Montoya's like, I need a shirt out of the lost and found, and she's wearing a shirt that says like, I shaved my uh, balls for this. Yeah. Shaved my balls for this. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like, all right. And she's just wearing it for the rest of the movie, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Oh god. Um, and I mean, I... and and Ewan McGregor like doing much more in that movie than I thought he would. Um. He's what I thought was going to happen with Black movie. Mask is that it was going to be like a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy situation where you have like this lovable, dynamic sort of cast of heroes, and then your villain is just sort of like grim, dark, and completely off tone. Mm-hmm. But he was basically doing like the the Sam Rockwell, Justin Hammer character, mm-hmm. like times a hundred. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very off brand version of of Roman Sianis because yeah, Roman Sianis is, is kind of in that where he's just like a gangster who wears a, a black mask that he carved out of a goddamn coffin. Um, I thought he looked good when he actually put the mask on at the end of the film. Yeah, they built to it. He he was just like I'm not. I I think I've been on record saying I'm not a Ewan McGregor fan on this podcast many times, and that and that's not just because of Star Wars. I'm just just not a fan. Um, in this movie, he was a lot of fun, but he was sure enough out of his goddamn mind. <laughs> this oh yeah. just every scene, chewing the scenery, just num 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 num, and like I I, I this is a good movie. But I'm gonna need someone to explain me, the, w- like, what, like, was there any difference in the direction McGregor took this character and the direction Arnold Schwarzenegger took his version of Mr. Freeze? Like, <laughs> like, like Joel Schumacher had to be watching this movie and being like, yes, you and yes, yes, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the entire time, right? Like, I don't know, man. It was just, it, it was something. It, it seemed like he was in a different movie, and, but I did like the, I did like the stuff of. Um, I, I, I did like the, even, even though it was a completely off base version of Victor Zaz, uh, from the comic book, I was like, sure. Cause Zaz is kind of one dimensional in the comic books. Anyway, every once in a while you catch a good story and yeah. or, or, like, I don't think you, they mentioned his name till like halfway through, but I'm like, this dude's got a bunch of scars. I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, they kept calling him Victor, right? They just never, oh, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, they, they just never, uh, revealed until the uh, very, but it was, you know. Come on, we all know who we we all know who it was, or at least if you ever picked up a comic book, you knew who you knew that that was Victor's ass. And mm-hmm. I like that they at the end of the movie referenced it, where he was like, "I've got uh, the you know one for every one of my little birdies or something." I've said, <laughs> like, yeah, said, saving a special spot for you. <laughs> you, yeah. And he's like, "I got a special spot for you," which you know, direct reference to him saying that to Batman in the comics and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, he's a little bit one dimensional, but it's kind of a cool concept of this psychopath who just cuts himself every time he like like every time he murders someone just yeah. this well they were never going to make him a solo villain right so no, might as well he just, no absolutely didn't have the legs and i like the fact that the two the, the two of them were gay i was like sure because it took away from that the kind of like you know every, every time every time they do a like i'm all for these girl power movies um you know, as long as long as the the, the scripts are actually good, like uh, like, right. the Go- yeah. like the Ghostbusters remake with the four ladies is a bad film. Uh, it's not a bad film because it was four lady Ghostbusters. It was a bad film because it was a shitty Ghostbusters remake. Nothing to do with the fact that there were four women in it. It was just a bad script. Uh, and when and when they do these these you know la- these lady power films, the bad guy always kind of predictably is like the the chauvinist white male in this. Yeah, yeah. In, in these scenarios, so I like that they took this thing of where they're like, 
you know, I'm st- he's still kind of the chauvinist white male, but there's also this extra layer of just like he's this just insanely over the top Ewan McGregor who has this who's just seems sexually fluid at all times, right? And it's just like, all right, this is a lot of fun, even though, again, Ewan McGregor out of his goddamn mind the entire time. <coughs> but uh, I say we discuss the ladies, and let's start with uh, the legend herself who, when Suicide Squad bombed and was not a good film, uh, the number one... Uh, at least fear. we could point to her. <laughs> the, well, the number one fear I had uh, when that movie bombed was that it would sour Margot Robbie from playing uh, Harley Quinn ever again because I thought she was so fucking fantastic in uh, in the Suicide Squad movie, despite the fact the back half of what they did with that character again didn't make any sense. But thank God she's back, and there are already clips of her shooting, uh, showing up. Uh, people are already showing clips of her uh, filming scenes uh, for. Uh, the the so James Gunn Suicide Squad, Squad movie, yeah, or whatever they're calling it. I don't know if it's like a soft reboot or uh, uh, a yeah. redo, but either way, she's in it playing Harley Quinn. So so that's happening again. Uh, nice. But the Queen herself, Margot Robbie, so good in this film. What say you, Rob? <laughs> yep, completely agree. <laughs> yeah, she's the one that you're going to the theater to see, and yeah, she kills it. <laughs> everything about it i had i i can't granted i saw this now over a week ago and i wrote whatever little notes that i had when i got home because i didn't know when we would do this and i've forgotten basically everything because of my memory <laughs> but <laughs> yeah the one thing that i guess they did it in the comics as well i very much enjoyed the fact that harley quinn ended up going and being like a roller derby enforcer. Yeah, this like because that that was in the like the very beginning, Amanda like in the, Connor, the credits yeah. and all. That. It was like, wow, that that I can actually see that happening with this character. <laughs> yeah, that was something they did when they rebooted in the new Fifty Two. Um, yeah, because obviously the most popular character, the most popular female character in all of comic books and probably still to this day is uh, Harley Quinn. Easily the most cosplayed character in in comic books is Harley Quinn. And when they were rebooting for the new 52, they did things, they did some good things with their with their lady characters in the new 52 in DC because, uh, you know, they were like, hey, let's let's not take one of our female characters and make her a hooker in the case of Catwoman, right? And uh, yeah. one of the other big, and one of the big ones was when uh, Amanda Connor did uh, Harley Quinn's own series. Um, they had they broke her up with the Joker, and they've used that for the basis of this Harley Quinn animated series that's on DC, uh, uh, whatever whatever the DC app is right now. The title that is escaping me, which is also insanely violent. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but the two of you would uh, get a kick out of it. Um, no, it's on my radar now, though. <laughs> no, it it, it, yeah. it it you'd get a kick out of it. It it's it's a <clears throat> lot of uh, it, it's again they use the Amanda, Amanda Connor. Um, harley quinn template where she's got the white skin because the joker dunked her in the tank and then just the you know the blonde hair with the pigtails point uh painted uh uh, painted pink and blue but she's out on her own you know she hates the joker and she's no longer a you know she's no longer just this like you know ultimate pushover uh yeah She's not battered wife like she is yeah, in uh, exactly. Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't have the battered wife syndrome uh, that you get with the the old Arlene Sorkin character, which 
Arlene, the, the, like, that's how you have to play that character when Arlene Sorkin's doing the voice for it, because it's just, it's so fucking perfect, and she's so tremendous in Does, in does that. the pathos very well, the pathetic, yeah, it, like, Mr. J! <laughs> yeah, with that version of the character, so good. But this, this like, Amanda Connor version is is so much better with the, like, the, the getting of the, the, the buying of the... Uh, the, the baseball bats, the uh, the the snorting of the cocaine mid fight, <laughs> mid gun fight. Uh, that that cork, uh, cocaine that. <laughs> uh, snorting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was in the commercials or not, but when I yeah. saw that scene, I was immediately reminded of American Dad <laughs> when yeah. when Roger snorts the cocaine yeah. and that like you know time freezes and he just does everything. Yeah, just dur- yeah dur- during the same type of shootout. Yeah, if you that's probably on YouTube. Google that Roger and like yeah. Scarface cocaine shootout. That scene's funny as hell. Um, yeah, I, and just like her buying the hy- the hyena and stuff like that, and and just the, name the, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and her running around with the. Uh, her running around, uh, running around in the roller derby and stuff, straight out of the Amanda Connor uh, uh, run with the New Fifty Two, which is is an excellent run. I, that that comes highly recommended by Matt Pierce. It it was the the, the references, the deep cut references to that character, and, and again, once again, I'm going to say her name for about the ninetieth time, but using the Amanda Connor Harley Quinn was a uh, is the smart way to go for this character. It, it's because it's it's a total like it's the kind of I guess for lack of a better term for myself, the, the Me Too version of this character. And it's it's just a lot more modern and fun. Uh, what say you on Margot Robbie uh, Miller? Uh, definitely liked it. It was the um, one of the shining spots of uh, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll say over and over and over again that those first 45 minutes are the best part of that movie, but hers was a character that shone whenever she was given a few minutes here and there of screen time. Um, because you can argue that Will Smith was, uh, as Deadshot, was the main character of that movie. Yeah, easily. Um, but whenever whenever uh, Mario Robbie got a chance to um, flex a little bit of both the like action choreography um, as well, like there was the elevator scene in uh, in Suicide Squad where you know she races the guys to the top of the building, and by the time she gets there in the elevator, there's just like a bunch of like you know knocked out guards in the bottom of it yeah. like very very anti-captain america and it's like k7 for some reason like out of nowhere yeah it's yeah just, <laughs> it's just bizarre yeah and you know all the way to the scene where it's like hey the joker basically like left her for dead and etc and she's like sort of crying and then the guys show up and she's like ta-da <laughs> like she just immediately has to put on that you know fun manic face again like she was one of the bright spots of that movie, and for her to be the main character of this one means that we get it throughout. And having her as the narrator um, adds a lot of fun and dimension to it as well. Um, I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> Let's, uh, sl- yeah, I just, Margot Robbie, the queen, excellent, love her, can't wait to see her, and uh, can't wait to see her keep playing this character going forward. Hopefully she becomes, like, the, the friggin'... Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess for a lot, like, I, I'm trying to think if I'd rather see her or Gal Gadot as the uh, Robert Downey Jr. of this thing, but we'll have to wait to see I how, how uh, Wonder Woman 84 does. I guess we'll just have to keep seeing more movies of both to keep making the comparison. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah what, a, what a problem. Yeah. I know, right? Or they just somehow, be, the two of them somehow become the, uh, the, 
the Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans of, of DC. Boy, that'd be a lot of well, fun. Well, and this is the year now, huh? Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, we've got our Harley Quinn-led Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. We've got our Wonder Woman 1984. We've got uh, uh, Black Widow movie solo coming yep. out soon. All the ladies, yeah. It's like, okay, they're finally giving him a chance after, like, you know, two, like, what now, 13 years of <laughs> of these universes? <laughs> uh. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the Huntress, one of your all-time favorite characters, Miller. Um, yep. uh, you, for years, have said that the Huntress is underrated. Uh, I remember when back in when Arrow was in like season two, and Arrow, I was gonna bring up this comparison. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> and Arrow, Arrow just ended, and when Arrow was in season two, I was getting obs- I That was when I was really starting to get obsessed with it. And you were like, "God, the Pretty Boy Network is doing the Arrow. I just, I'm not sure. I think I'm gonna lay it." And then I'm like. And then once season two started, I was like, come on, dude, the Black Canary fought on the Huntress and they were both in the costumes. You gotta watch it. And then you started watching it. And- that That's when I had to catch up. Yeah, yeah. because uh, because I watched season one of Arrow mm-hmm. and I was met on it. And I think the reason why is because it was very much like, the, I'm going to kill everybody. I'm grim, dark, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I tend, that I tend to brush off. And season two Arrow was like, he turned over the leaf of like, I'm not going to be a murderer anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, eventually I think that came back in like season five, like there was like vengeance plots and so on, yada, yada. But to have Huntress as the foil to uh, recently reformed Oliver Queen was perfect in that season. Yeah. Because so here's we... someone who's basically got the same storyline of Batman, but mm-hmm. definitely wants revenge, and their whole thing is revenge. <laughs> yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Ramona Flowers herself, uh, yeah. <laughs> plays Helena Bertinelli. She was also in the third season of, with Ewan McGregor as well. They were both in the third season yeah. of Fargo. Uh, I actually didn't like that season. Um, I respectfully disagree. Really? You're picking the third one? All right. Well, we'll do we'll do a Fargo season three podcast right after we finish this one, Rob. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was great in this, and easily, easily, the her her finest moment in this film. She was great. If anything, um, I needed like twenty five percent more of her in this film. Yeah. I think, out, of, yeah. out of everybody, I think. Out of all the, the the ladies in this film, I think she got the she got the shortest amount of shifts. She was like the third line uh, role player who just comes in and gives you like twelve quality minutes. But I'm like, you know what? Let, let's see what she could do with twenty minutes of ice time, right? Uh, but yeah, you know, it's one it, of my minor nitpicks of this movie is not yeah, enough Huntress. <laughs> yeah, not enough Huntress. And uh, I, you know, the buzz on the, the 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 Twitter sphere that I've seen is a lot of people share that opinion is that they they could have used about twenty minutes. Easily, easily her best moment was any was when she tried to reveal her name and then they cut to her practicing her <laughs> name and she's doing the whole like turn yeah, around yeah. thing and she's like you don't know who i am i'm the huntress <laughs> well because it's a tr- it's, moment. it's it's the truth though because it's like okay you're oh, one yeah. of these people who's like raised in a convent and you're gonna be a trained assassin it's like okay yeah. well you never learned social skills <laughs> yeah but it's so good but it, like even if i it, let's say even if i was still you know like like if I'm still Matt Pierce and I I had been you know raised, uh you know 
with social, but you know, with social skills, but I still had like uh, you know a thirst for revenge. I would still do that. I would definitely practice my my killer one-liners in the mirror so I had them right <laughs> when the moment came. I would absolutely do that. So I identified so heavily in that moment when Mary Elizabeth Winstead is right, like <sighs> practicing her one-liners and stuff. I guess that goes back to me being like a wrestling fan when I would just like practice cutting promos in front of a mirror and shit like that, right? So like I I just well, yeah, I like if I were a wrestler, I'd be called this and this would be my theme and this would yeah. be my finishing move <laughs> yeah and i would and i would very much be like and here's how i'd cut my provos and i'd be like i am the cream of the crap <laughs> the cream always rises to the top <laughs> and so uh, but like it's just yeah she was great i liked the, the, their version of the costume her on the bike was a lot of fun in, in the third act when they were chasing uh I mean, the, the mechanics of it made no sense, but it was fun as hell. And, again, but, like, the mechanics and, like, the fast... Like, if this was their Fast and the Furious. We're just throwing away all sort of... Physics. Uh, <laughs> physics, yeah. When when she was on the bike and Harley Quinn would, had the roller skates going. <laughs> they were like, what did she have time to do with shoe chains? Whip me. Yeah. Yeah, she that was, like, that was hilarious when <laughs> oh, so she good. just magically showed up in roller uh, blades. <laughs> yeah. Because I was watching, I was like, wait, did she... Oh, I must have missed that. And then three seconds later, they even bring up. It's like, when did your yeah. shoe change? I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. God, yeah. this yeah. is so you good. You have time for a costume change. <laughs> yeah. This is a comic book movie. You don't need to. It's like, because it's fun, right? Like, Well, it, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, and that. Up scene and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, between that and, like you say, like, when Huntress is practicing her, her intro in front of the mirror, like, all of that really helped set the tone of, this is a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Like we are yeah. not taking this serious. And, and well, like, yeah, and even the like, or, or like the super serious. Character. Yeah, and even the grim dark character can have some levity. Yeah, you know? thank you, Miller. That was the best part. She was of yeah. the of the people, um, uh, like of the ladies in this film. She was obviously the most serious and the one with the most vendetta. And she's going around in the movie shooting arrows in people's throats. And uh, <laughs> they had that great exchange with Black Canary. Where, because uh, Black Canary, Dinah Lance of all people, <laughs> turns and goes, nice bow and arrow. And then she goes, it's not a bow and arrow. I'm not fucking eight. And, like, <laughs> and it's like, that's funny because she marries yeah. some Robin Hood bow and arrow shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's funny because she marries the green arrow. <laughs> you know, like, it was just great stuff. Uh, but yeah, like, like, yeah, her being the most serious one. And then, and the entire half of the movie, before you even get to see her utter a line, it's just her doing the brooding stare thing right without any lines yeah, yeah. she shoots arrows in people's throats wearing a hood and yeah. all that <laughs> yeah wearing the hood and having the dark you know the the eye makeup underneath to make her seem even more like emo do you know who i am exactly doing the like <laughs> swear to me stuff and then the first line we see her say is her going is her practicing her her catchphrase in the mirror for when the moment comes because it's got to be on point it's just so good oh man but yeah like mary elizabeth once said fantastic could have used about like 20 more percent of her though for for sure yeah um i didn't uh, like whenever the trailers first started coming out or whenever the cast was known Mm -hmm. the only one that i knew was margot robbie i knew she was reprising the harley quinn role yeah if i knew any other cast member i it went in one ear and out the other so i actually didn't know that 
Ewan McGregor was in it or Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in it until the opening credits. And when I saw this, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is going to be amazing. (laughs) I'm so glad uh, I came to this movie. (laughs) Yeah. If I can use it as a segue, uh, I was delighted to see Rosie Perez. (laughs) Oh my God. She can, you know what? I'm just going to say this. Rosie Perez can still get it. Still get it. Even now. (laughs) My God. Like just a beautiful woman all the way, obviously going all the way back to friggin do the right thing for me and uh i loved in living color and she fucking taught jennifer lopez how to dance for god's sake and just as her as renee montoya so awesome i was happy to see uh renee montoya in there because again once i heard the name I couldn't remember. I, like, I don't think she was in the Christopher Nolan ones. I was like, that, I'm pretty sure that's no. going back to the Batman animated series. I can't remember. There was the one lady, but I don't think she was. There was the one Hispanic lady. I don't think it was Renee Montoya, though, but there was the one Hispanic detective I, who, like. I want to say Dark Ramirez. Knight. Yeah, in Dark Knight, who, like, yeah, I think yeah, I think they said, like, Reyes. They, she was definitely, they definitely made her, like, uh, Hispanic origin. But it wasn't Renee Montoya, and she ended up being like a betrayer type person, right? Yeah. And then, she was um, she was notably the one that Two Face flipped the coin and then just pistol whipped her. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, cause, yeah. He yeah he flipped the coin and it came up good side, and he was like, "Well, lucky you." Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I did, that was not Renee Montoya. So this, I'm I think you're right, Rob. This is unless, uh, and I'm sure the 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 good people of the internet will will uh, kindly message me and uh, tell me I'm uh, incorrect if uh, this is. Tr- not true. Yeah, but I, the, I think the, this is the, the first live action version of Renee Montoya. I, I think it would live have action. to be. Uh, was she in Gotham? I never watched Gotham. Wow, you know what? I think she was. She might have been in Gotham. Everyone was in Gotham. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone was in Gotham. Yeah, Renee Montoya. I'm, I'm fairly. You're right. You're right, Rob. Well, so uh, I guess but, the first but... movie version of Renee Montoya. Then, <laughs> yes. so I finally yes. got it right. Third time. Because the dark, the Dark Knight. It yeah. was Ramirez. Yeah. Yeah, Ramirez, That's that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Renee Montoya was uh, was definitely a character. Her and Harvey Bullock were uh, always yeah. featured alongside Commissioner Gordon in the uh, uh, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, yeah, as the GCPD members of the uh, the Batman the Animated Series. Well, and... I think there was actually like a GCPD-based comic Absolutely, there for was. a while. It was fucking incredible. <laughs> And Renee Montoya famously becomes the question in the comic books, which I, I was going to ask if you picked up on any Easter eggs to, about that in this. I didn't, but I was kind of hoping for one in like the end when yeah. uh, when she like uh, quits the force and all that, and uh, you know becomes like the leader of the Birds of Prey. I was like, oh, she's going to have some sort of question costume. Yeah, well, I it, I mean, there's room for that in the future, right? Like, oh, like, for sure, for God sure. God only, like, I mean, you can only. We've already been given so much as comic book fans over the 10 years that I hesitate to ask for more. But mm-hmm. if Rosie Perez got to be the fucking question, my God in heaven. That would well, I was going to say either that or spin her off to be on like uh, the uh, Batwoman like CW show. <laughs> yeah, or something. But like, man, oh, so good, so good. Yeah, Rosie Perez, a lot of fun. Played this character perfectly. I love when she showed up drunk at the end and was just like taking shots at, Har- <laughs> at, at Harley Quinn and Dinah Lance. And they're like, are you drunk? And she's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> she's just taking these drunken bunches at Yeah, her. that's right. Because she's like burning case files and like drinking bourbon. Yeah. And she gets the phone call like, hey, it's yeah. going down. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, no. that, yeah. She, yeah, she was doing the she was doing the angsty thing that you do at the in these like 
at the end of the second act, right before the third act of, of any sort of noir detective film where you've been fired from the force and all you, you're alone and all you have, you're just alone in your apartment, staring at your case files, drinking whiskey, and she's just pounding back the whatever and burning Well, and they case put a files. lampshade on it, too. Yeah, and then... <laughs> they put a lampshade on it because Harley, as the narrator, is like, yeah, you know, the cops only get shit done once they've been suspended. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they keep referencing it. So, yeah, they, they use all of the great, like, like detective noir tropes with her uh to great effect it, it was so excellent please on these cop movies <laughs> yeah the only thing that was yeah the only thing that was great yeah because everything she says they always say to her yeah she's just walk out of an 80s cop like um but like yeah the, the rosie perez thing is usually the detective wakes up the next morning and solves the case hung over right but in this one yeah she's like halfway through the bottle and then all of a sudden it's like it's going down in 10 minutes and she's like fuck 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 <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> gotta finish this quick yeah she just shows up and she's like all right <laughs> god damn it that was so good oh man i really gotta go see this yeah rosie perez fucking excellent in this film good to see her uh good to see her back i hadn't seen her i'm sure she's been in a ton of other stuff last time i saw her was in like fucking pineapple express so that was like 10 years ago uh but yeah she's goddamn excellent in this film and i hope we get to see her as the question going forward and even the stuff with her the scenes with her and like ali wong who i think ali wong was only in like two scenes or whatever yeah i was <laughs> hoping for a bit more ali wong just because i like her <laughs> yeah but even then like ali wong just again shooting shooting her shot like basically comes off the bench and drains like three threes and then goes and sits back down uh and it was just like god it's so much fun um next up we've got to talk about uh journey smollett bell whose brother will not be in the Ooh. Mighty Ducks remake on Disney. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shots fired. Uh, <laughs> well, shots not fired, as it turns out. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Ooh, well played, Miller, well played. Uh, ooh, golf clap for that. Give it up for that. Golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. Um, she was great as Black Canary. I love the hair. I love the outfits. I love everything. I, was, I was skeptical because it like much like the huntress in my mind like here's here's where I nitpicked this movie um and, and it's not a problem necessarily but for me and a bunch of other fans of these characters you have an idea of who they are in your head and this movie turns them all on their ear a, a, a little bit I I would say a, a few of my qualms with this film definitely came through the Dinah Lance character and these are minor ones. The, the biggest one for it's me... It's minor. It's so minor because I can say, you know what, I, this isn't who this character is to me, but no. it's still a fairly decent representation of that character and I'm still having fun. I just, I didn't like the the added... I, I didn't buy I thought I thought one of the weakest moments in writing in this movie was I didn't buy why she wouldn't use her canary cry. Right, like I didn't, I didn't feel like that was a strong enough reason. It also, they didn't allude to it enough. Um, that we basically get the one, we, we basically get the one scene where she's singing, which is a cool scene, and then at the end she does the really high note and it breaks the glass. Um, and you and McGregor starts going like, "Woo, great stuff!" Uh, that <laughs> and while that was, yeah, while that was a great scene they don't really allude to the canary cry enough. So in terms of actually writing a film, obviously all the comic book fans knew that she's fucking Dinah Laurel Lance and that she can do the canary cry. And when she screams, it causes sonic waves that blow up a bunch of stuff. Um, 
But if you went into this film kind of like if, if you went if you went into this film just watching it as a, as a comic book film and you're like sort of vaguely familiar, you're like, oh, I know Harley Quinn. I'll go watch this movie. I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, and then at the end of the film, when they're pinned down by all those gangsters and they're like, we're all out of bullets and we got to do we got like, how do we get out of here? We got no move. All of a sudden, uh, Journey Smollett Bell's Dinah Lance character can just like fire sonic waves out of her mouth, right? Like that would be right, very, yeah. very Deus Ex Machina to me if if you didn't know the comic books. Because like when they were in that scene, I was like, literally like, oh, how are they gonna get out of this? And then Rosie Perez turned to her and was like, you gotta do it, Dinah. And I was like, oh yeah, the Canary Cry. I forgot. <laughs> like she had that in her back pocket the whole time, and she busted out at the one point, but. It, it, to me, so, that I thought was the weakest moment of writing in the film because it seemed just if you didn't know those characters, I think you would have thought it was Deus Ex Machina. What do you think? I, I agree. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can see that, and I actually feel like I fall more in that camp because mm-hmm. I didn't read Batman comics. Um, I had no idea who the Black Canary was mm-hmm. or the Black Mask. I only knew Huntress by name. Um, anything well, that I knew is well, Rob, mostly I coming off of the uh, show to reference to, to yeah. refer to you too. <laughs> um, but like all my knowledge mostly comes from the Batman animated series, which was what two plus decades ago, two and a half decades ago, yeah, longer than that. Almost 30 years ago. Yeah. So, so I fall well, I into so. that camp where it's just like, it seems like it came out of nowhere, but I think there was enough, uh, just a little bit of prodding when Montoya went, uh, to Black Canary, and then they had the the little exchange about her mother mm-hmm, and yeah, all of that, right? which yeah. it it alluded to it just enough. I was like, okay, so her mother can do something that helped or didn't the the police department in the past, and and all of that. So it made sense that Montoya would have said something to get Black Canary to do that. Yeah. Um. But also, it's a superhero movie. Like you gotta expect some nonsense like that can happen. Well, and then that's kind of what I was gonna say, Rob. It's, it's like at that point, even if you don't know who the character is, you have to assume it's somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fair. And that's why, but, yeah, like but, I, I mean, uh, like that. It's it's very out of left field if you're not expecting it. Like yeah. you get very few hints, and even if they had like a couple more times been like. You know, now is this the time? And she'd be like, no, not yet. <laughs> or yeah, something. They, yeah, they just, I feel like, and I don't know when they would have done this. And again, I'm not a writer. I just, I felt like they should have showed her do it once on like a very small scale. And I don't mean like that high pitch uh, thing. Cause that could have been just, you know, cause I'm pretty sure people have done that in real life where they've been able to hit a note so high that they've been able to shatter a wine glass. Right. So yeah. that doesn't necessarily give you powers or maybe that's not real. Maybe that's like a thing. Myth, but Mythbusters busted, but either way, um, I don't know. Like they should have showed her do like what, you know, like when she was fighting those two thugs in the alleyway, the, yeah. like the, when the one guy tried to like, uh, was, was basically trying to sexually assault Harley Quinn while she was drunk when she was beating those two guys up. Uh, she should have done like a just like a whistle and like a yeah. little like 
just a little stream should have come out and like shattered the guy up and like knocked the guy up against the wall or something like that. Just that, to let that us, was the yeah, scene yeah. that I was going to mention. Yeah, just that to let like, us that know that would have been one to do that. Yeah, just to let <laughs> us know this is something she can do, and that and, and her doing a whistle was a very small version. Just a little one where like someone's yeah. about to take a shot at her and she whistles and the window breaks and it's just enough of a distraction that she can close the distance or something like that. Yeah, or and just we're like, hey, what's going out. on yeah. here? Or just knocks the guy out with it, and then we see her just like really unleash it where it's like you know like this is this is my final form as she like you know she, like screams at the top of her lungs and causes the canary cry to knock out like a shitload of dudes yeah. um and what's uh, cool about that like you know scene is that the the point is that she uses it once and it takes her out too like she falls unconscious yeah. after doing it and like it's one of these things where it's like, I can do that once, and then I'm out. And then, you know, yeah. you, you better make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm out of mana. I need yeah. to refill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's my last spell slot. Yeah, yeah healer out of mana. <laughs> so since um, we're talking about that scene uh, mm-hmm. where that happens, I found it amazing, and I was so happy they did it when they had their fight inside with all the bouncy stuff and all that, and yeah. then they go strolling out like we're gonna go fight the black mass now and no different than with the like the shoe change and i was like aren't there a bunch of other guys out there and all that like <laughs> with guns and then immediately they get out there and they just get wailed on with bullets and like oh, yeah. okay Montoya gets shot in the chest <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it, it seems like it would be a little thing but it's like i'm glad it's like no they remembered they they played into it <laughs> yeah and they're like having this fight in like Tim Burton's funhouse. Yeah, yeah, in the jo- yeah, the yeah. Joker's funhouse is great. I have one nitpick. It, with that, that was totally Schumacher era funhouse, though. Come oh, on, it was, but it was it was, <laughs> and, but it was perfect because it fits those two characters. It works when you do the Joker, and like that's the thing, like like that's the thing about the, these movies, because you and McGregor basically played his version of the Joker as as Roman Sianis, right? Which is just yeah. further further driving home the point that all of these professional thespians the villain they all want is the fucking joker right because you can yeah. just go ham right like you could just go ham. well it gives you free license to chew yeah, scenery <laughs> and just chew it just num 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 and it doesn't matter because you're playing the fucking joker right like people it's just like it's genius, right? Which, you know, half the time it is. And the character's so malleable that we've had, like, four different live-action versions now. Five, if you can't want to count Cesar Romero. And they're all so fucking different from one another, right? Like, it's just... Like, the, that, that character's so malleable. And, and, you know, that's why you get, like, uh, Ewan McGregor basically playing the Black Mask as Joker. And... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones playing the Two-Face as Joker. And... This is why I'm saying get Nick Cage as the Joker. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, oh, there's, there's like a, there's a, there's a, God, there's another pretty famous, like, awful portrayal of a character that was like this guy as the Joker, but I'm like, I'm, it's escaping me. Um, oh, uh, Jared fucking, Leto? <laughs> no, well, no, it wasn't Jared Leto as the Joker. It was fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex, Lex Luthor as the oh, Joker, yeah, right? Like, right. he was just doing his, like, weird, like, yeah, it, it just, yeah, it was just so, so strange. That funhouse seat set, though, I thought that scene, that the soundtrack that they set 
was bad during that sequence. Oh, I, yeah? I thought I thought it was actually bad. Maybe it was just me. I thought it should have been playing some sort of upbeat, maybe like Joan Jetty type of guitar riff, uh, something something girl rock, uh, maybe. But it seemed like they were they they found like Hans Zimmer's non-union Mexican equivalent to quote The Simpsons to put together some <laughs> sort of kind of uh, like. One of those like very like like bass heavy kind of almost depressing like kind of songs during that set. Meanwhile, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is jumping around on a seesaw, and Margot Robbie is handing uh, Journey Smollett a hair friggin' tie so that she can put her hair up in a bun because it's getting in her face while she's kicking the shit out of these dudes. And it was just playing this weird sort of like this Hans Zimmer kind of ripoff song. Um, when, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I'm no, I'm no musical. I just thought the music in that sequence should have been more upbeat and more like girl rock. Like for some reason I was thinking like they should have been playing like bad reputation by Joan Jett or something. And I'm not saying they got to go out and spend money, but you know, I'm sure you could have paid somebody to rip off. some just a little, they I, I spent thinking, enough on the soundtrack for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's just the, the music in that scene. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. If I'm the only one, I'll shut up. But like, I, I just thought the music in that scene was a little off base and took me out of it just a little bit. That said, fucking love that entire sequence with the, I, with the girls like whipping around, kicking the crap. I, out of the I can't. I can't remember what song was actually playing. Was I was. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Wasn't. Um, maybe it wasn't even in there. But like, wasn't there a No Doubt song? And. Uh, not sure there was a lot of like a, a lot of um i'd have to look <laughs> it was a lot of tra- soundtracks that featured a lot of like younger lady rappers but i'm not young hip and edgy so i don't necessarily know <laughs> yeah exactly are. but uh um, i knew it sounded cool but i couldn't place it yeah and, I, and yeah. it sounded yeah, cool. i'm, I'm looking that. at it now the only one that i recognize is uh barracuda by heart yeah right yeah barracuda it, yeah i played and, and at the they, beginning of that scene i remember they that played at the beginning but then it stopped and then it's like i said it started playing like some sort of han zimmery type original yeah. score and it just didn't fit the sequence they should have kept up with it like they should have went from like barracuda into and i've said like joan chat about three times but i'm gonna say it again <laughs> it, it should have been something adjacent to that uh in my opinion uh but that's such a minor fucking detail um Journey Smollett, a lot of fun. Really liked her, her the, 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 the wardrobe choices they gave her. I don't know if it was her or someone on set. Whoever it was was fucking excellent. I, I, I thought her outfit... She looked cool as hell, for sure. She looked so fucking cool. And, uh, Especially as like a show four when she's wearing like a suit jacket and like a vest and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ewan McGregor, I thought they gave him a lot of really fun suits in this movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, just... Oh, just... Really stacked. This is the upscale Juggaloka, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that guy. Well, this version of it, right? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, in the, in the comic books, he's just like a, a crazy gangster. It's basically like what if Scarface was a little bit yeah. less on coke. It was like less cocaine and more black mask. Uh, well, and, and one of the great right? things about this movie is that it made me, A, want to watch this movie again, but it also mm-hmm. made me want to like go back and watch Justice League Unlimited and, like, you know... Uh, Return of the Red Hood and stuff yeah, like that. Maybe play the Batman, one of the Batman Arkham games again, or something. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like all that stuff, and that's really what you want us to just go back. It made me really start digging into the Harley Quinn animated series that I'd been neglecting, uh, and it's pretty good. And probably when we're done this, I'm probably going to go watch a couple more of those. Um, now we must talk about. I think this is last, but certainly not least. Uh, we must talk about their version of the Cassandra Kane uh, character, which. Uh, 
Now, I don't read a lot of DC Comics, but I read a lot of Cassandra Cain Batgirl. <laughs> yeah, and this one is a Cassandra Cain all their own, because this is, she does <laughs> nothing like the comic book character. And, Correct. And I'm, and I'm here to tell, I'm here to tell my comic book lovers, mm-hmm. both men and women alike, that's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It was good. It was it's fun. Fine. It was great. <laughs> she was a lot of fun. It worked. She was this like she was obviously this this silly pickpocket girl who uh, looked like she was going to become Harley Quinn's sidekick at the end of the movie. She looked she like she like, could be an extra in the Ninja Turtles movie from like ninety one. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it was it yep. was a total yeah. Wow, that's actually a great reference. Um, <laughs> and it's 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 fine. It's fine. She was a lot of fun in this film. She even had the cool moment at the end where she's like, I stole your ring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, my God. That moment in the theater. So <laughs> Holy great. shit. Now, it it's, catches it's you like a little three off seconds between what you realize is happening yeah. and you and McGregor getting fragged. <laughs> yeah. Now, let's, let's just go off on a little tangent here and then we'll double back to Cassandra Cade. Uh, were you guys upset? Like, what was your initial reaction when you and McGregor blew up? Were you upset that you'd never get to see him again, or did you think that was a lot of fun? Uh, let's start with I Rob. thought it was a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun? Uh, yeah, so, I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess a little part of me would have been disappointed because, you know, yeah. he's gone. Like, yeah. I don't know what else getting him in a flashback. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, with, with the R rating and all of that, it's like, okay, yeah. what are they going to do? Are they going to round him up? tie him to the the post and say here you go here you go police department come get him or like get batman here go get (laughs) deliver yeah so i don't know it was a it was a very surprising scene (laughs) and i I was okay with yeah like i said it's like four seconds between like oh the bad guy's gonna win and oh he's dead (laughs) yeah i i'm i think i'm like 70 30 ratio of uh of i thought it was fucking awesome and hilarious to 30 percent i was sad that ewan mcgregor was gone because i would have liked to see that character again but um they could do something asynchronous in the in the dceu though like the dceu more than like the mcu is very anthology like things can happen it doesn't really matter what order you watch them in Mm -hmm. um what I was gonna say is like if they brought him back, like if this if this Robert Pattinson Batman movie is a success, like they could cool. do a Red Hood, yeah, story and do it live action and have him as the Black Mask once again, yeah, being petulant in the face of everyone else being more powerful than him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, the Cassandra Kane just just yeah. Yeah, totally off book Cassandra Kane. <laughs> yeah, off book Cassandra Kane. To the point where I was like, why did they even call her Cassandra Kane? Right? Like, um, yeah, because I was like thinking, nah, like Jason Todd wouldn't work, but I don't know. Maybe if you did like a gender bent, uh, I guess, I guess it wouldn't have been. Uh, I, I have uh, no idea who else you could use. <laughs> Tim Drake wouldn't have made sense, but like a gender bent Jason Todd, but. It, people are like jason todd's always hasn't is not necessarily one of those fan favorites so i don't know if it would have worked but yeah i, I get I no guess unfortunately was, jason todd's famous for not being a fan favorite true but people love him as the red hood and, and stuff oh, like sure, that sure. but certainly not as 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 a robin but yeah it was uh it was it, it, the cassandra kane in this was a lot of fun and and i just uh 
I was on board. When she ate the diamond, I was just like, that's a terrible decision. <laughs> it turned out it was. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just... Uh, know, it was very much like Catch That Kid. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, yeah. it just turned into, like, one of those, like, 80s comedy movies, like Baby's Day Out, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so something bad happened, and now we definitely need to catch this kid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I liked her, the... Uh, you know the, the 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 fight sequence with her and Harley Quinn in I guess the the largest uh, holding cell I've ever seen in my entire life, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know that's that's just a total yeah movie. that was a that's just a total that was like an Arkham Asylum like video game like oh we've got people in this warehouse in these cells that are separated by like four feet of cement <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like, also what? like this but, yeah, but, then, but then they also moved into uh, into into like a police holding area. Area that was less of a police holding area and more of like a garage of some sort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, just like several piles of cocaine just lying. Yeah, yeah, in the evidence room dungeon. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was the, something. The only thing that would have made it feel like an Arkham game to me is if Harley hit one person and then flew across the room to hit some yeah. other person and then oh. back and forth. <laughs> I was trying so hard in that scene to pay attention to what was on those like evidence shelves to be like, Oh, like there's a Mr. Freeze Ray and there's yeah. like a Riddler cane. Like I was looking yeah. for that yeah. stuff. Is there chattering teeth? Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. all the Arkham Asylum stuff that you would get in video games. Yeah. Well, yeah. her, her thing was there, her, her, uh, her mallet, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I was just looking for, like, you know, in the Arkham Asylum games where it's like, oh, you found the Riddler clue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it ties into the lore. I'm sure here's there a, was here's some I'm sure there was some stuff. Probably just missed it, right? Yeah. Um, for... Yeah. God, this movie was a lot of fun. But I, I, I think easily um, my favorite part of this movie was just um, the sequences of Harley Quinn talking about food. Like obviously her going to the bodega and getting the the uh, <laughs> the egg sandwich with cheese on an English muffin was I this... very much enjoyed that opening. <laughs> yeah, when she was doing that, and I was like, because obviously I do that for a living, but so I was like, just her being in a bodega, being like, I'm spending my last four bucks on this sandwich, right? <laughs> and then I'm gonna turn my life around. I was like, boy, that resonates with me, like you wouldn't believe. Yep. <laughs> egg sandwich, you my only friend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she... Oh man, that and was how hard. Heartbroken were you when the sandwich fell to the ground? <laughs> and even like her when she she was uh, living above the uh, the Korean restaurant, right? And she's like, "You got to get a number thirty-one, extra spicy." He holds back on the spice and stuff. Like that. <laughs> just like, like God, just like just yeah. So... That hunter shows up and she's like, "Number thirty-one, mild." <laughs> <laughs> oh God. This is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, if you had to say something um, you didn't like, Miller, well, well, let's do a round of uh, favorite, not favorite. So what, what would you say was kind of your favorite thing about this movie? And what was uh, your not oh, yeah. favorite? Let's start with uh, Rob. Oh, uh, I think I'm going to go with off the top of my head. I'm just going to go with the cocaine scene because <laughs> a lot of fun. The cocaine gets hit. It's like, oh, look, white magic powder is falling down. Yeah, yeah. there's like harp music, like fairy dust. <laughs> yeah. She gets it, and then she goes, wails on the guy, takes her bat, throws it against the ground, hits the guy, and catches it again. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed that scene. Um, for a favorite, I, I'm going to go with that. I, I might be wrong. 
there's so much good stuff in there. Like so many of the line deliveries were fantastic and her face perfectly expressed a lot of things that I think would be exactly Harley Quinn. Yeah. Like she um, is a Harley, like she is Harley Quinn. I can't, I, I can't picture another live action Harley Quinn yeah. until someone yeah. it's, tries it's, to top that. It's the same thing though, as like, like, I mean, you know, Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman in, in, yeah. in my thing, right? Like when I read yeah. comics, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice. When I hear, when I, when the Joker's thing, I hear Mark Hamill, but like, I can still respect, you know, but I still love, but like, like my Joker is Mark Hamill, but like, I fully recognize the accomplishments uh, made by Heath Ledger. Yeah. Did you like the Joaquin uh, Joker? I never talked to you about this. I did. I did. I I did. It, it was it was more art housey than 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 anything. But I did like I did like Joaquin's. It it was very um, it was very much the like thespian sad clown version of the Joker, right? And and yeah. again, we brought this up earlier. That character is malleable. And he doesn't really have a background, so you can just kind of like some of that stuff is what makes it's the it's an actor's cooler. dream. It's the opportunity to just go yeah to go to eleven and have no one stop you yeah. And here you go. But there have been four live action versions of the Joker, and the Joker is two for four as far as yeah, best actor performances, yeah. right? Like like fifty fifty and like two for three if you take out the Jared Leto off base one, right? Like mm-hmm. and then. <laughs> And then the third, like, the, so the, like, let's pretend the Jared Leto one never existed. You could argue that the worst live action version of the Joker was Jack Nicholson's Tim Burton version, which some people were like, you know, when, when Heath Ledger was, uh, yeah, playing the, you know, when Heath Ledger was cast, they were like, well, why are you doing the Joker? That role was already played to perfection 20 years ago, right? Like, it's just, it's, it's such an actor's dream to get that, to, to get that character and. But yeah, Margot Robbie is the live-action Harley Quinn in the same way that uh, Arlene Sorkin is the is the uh, yeah, yeah is the animated voice of of, yeah. of Harley Quinn, and there's still a lot of room for like Tara Reid uh, as well uh, for yeah. me. Um, Tara yeah, Strong. Tara, what did I say? Tara Reid. Tara Reid. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> what? Oh, we're over an hour, so I'm definitely a few scotches deep at this point. So yeah, Tara Strong, there. Good catch by you, Miller. Um, uh, if you had to say something you didn't like, uh, Rob, what what would you? So, I'm just gonna go with that it needed more uh, Mary Elizabeth Winsett because mm-hmm. I, I thought there would have been more of her in that, <laughs> and I very much enjoy her as an actor. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, how about you, Miller? Uh, what was your favorite thing, and uh, what was something you might uh, have changed about this film? Uh, I would say that probably my favorite thing is the narration style. Mm. Uh, just being totally off kilter, totally out of order, because that's how bit. Harley Quinn is choosing to tell it. Schizophrenic, yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah. and to be like, okay, we're starting in the middle, and then we're going to take 40 minutes to start again at the beginning, and like, oh, you haven't even met this character yet, let me explain their whole deal. Mm. And... Uh, like it, it was a lot of fun to have that style, and and that's why I want to see the movie again so that I can kind of piece it together better chronologically. 
um, it kind of makes it a maze for you to understand, you know, what this, who this character is, what's their motivation, what were they doing at this point, why are they getting a call from so-and-so now versus at another time, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like, that I think is my favorite thing, because it feels very like, oh, there are like these six characters who have these different motivations, and they're all converging on Cassandra Kane at this point because of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. thought that was really well done, and it, and in, a, in addition to being, like, technically executed well, made it a lot of fun because it made sense for the character to tell the story that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, got to give it up to Kathy Yan. She did a, an excellent job. This movie was yeah, so well-directed, incredibly stylized. It fit perfectly. And uh, yeah. who would have thunk it, given female characters to female directors could work out? Wow, what a concept, you guys. Yeah, what, what a concept to not have, concept. like, you know, someone's ass and boobs somehow showing on the same movie poster. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, the runner-up for me for favorite things about this movie is the fact that the style and voice of it was so strong that you could have completely different versions of a lot of these characters, specifically Cassandra Kane, and still have it all work very well together. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the DC, like, we're going to introduce, like, seven new characters that are known characters in the DC universe, and we're, you know... And it's not going to be like Suicide Squad where we have to have, like, here's their name card, here's their backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just throw them in at different points and have Harley Quinn be like, here's how they wronged me or yeah. how I wronged them. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and that's all oh, you I, need to know, really. <laughs> I forgot about that. How everybody wronged Harley Quinn. Or, I did. I did. Shit. I enjoyed Except that. Except Doc and then eventually Doc. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, to to really get good. to my like problems with this movie, uh, mm-hmm. the only thing I can say is that um, by the end, by like the funhouse fight scene, I was kind of done with fight scenes. Fair. <laughs> um, okay. At that point, we'd seen like Harley Quinn fight, I think five times or six times, or mm-hmm. at least in chase scenes or something like that. Um, we'd seen uh, Black Canary, I think twice or three times uh you know montoya twice like everyone we'd seen up to that point mm-hmm. and i'm like oh this is just gonna be like a big final fight where they're executing like a lot of the same choreography the music wasn't as fantastic like that seems seems just a little long to me mm-hmm. but i mean like this is like the nitpick of nitpicks right yeah you really, <laughs> like, yeah, really if that's the same. worst thing i can say about the movie is that the uh the final fight seemed a little uh repetitive of the previous fights but then again they eventually shut it off by being like oh montoya got shot and it was through a bulletproof vest but she's still out and Huntress is out of arrows and Black Canary screamed herself to unconsciousness and Huntress, you know, did the motorcycle slide whip and now she's out of the chase so it's like, you know, eventually you just pare down your fight so that Romans are the soldiers and Harley Quinn's the only one that's left so I mean, like, that fight ended well for me where it's like down to the last two people Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it turns into, like, this ridiculous <laughs> grenade frag moment that just made me literally <laughs> laugh out loud in the theater. Because <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting it at all, and it was a completely shocking. Yeah, uh, Ewan McGregor played the played his cowardly scream to perfection, too, right? Where he was oh, like, Jesus. Ah! <laughs> 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 Black. <laughs> That's good. Oh, man, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, um, so, so, I mean, like... If I, I mean, we're probably sagging into this, but if I'm going to give it a final score, mm-hmm. uh, like A minus. Oh wow! 
there are some issues with it, but I enjoyed it a lot. And this might be recency bias. I've only seen it two days ago. Um, But I'm excited to watch it again, and it made me excited to rewatch a lot of the stuff that I know these characters from, like uh, Justice League Unlimited and... um, you know, the the Red Hood movie and uh, Batman the Animated Series, and I want to check out this Harley Quinn series as well. Like, I, I'm, I was not expecting this as a spiritual successor to Suicide Squad to excite me the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm delightfully surprised. Yeah, I, I, I gotta agree. I don't, I don't, A minus is, is that's, it's I'm not you... quite as good as Wonder Woman in my mind, but those are yeah. two completely different movies. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm glad that you uh, this movie, unlike Wonder Woman, I feel like doesn't fall apart in the third act. <laughs> Wonder, Wonder yeah, Woman for sure, exactly. Third, definitely falls apart, but um, in like the in like the the most glorious uh, desperado-y type of way, <laughs> doesn't fall yeah. doesn't fall apart in the third act. Um, I. I, I, like I don't know if I'm 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 as high on it as you, but I'm certainly high on on this film. I think I think the 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 DCEU they're finding their footing. I really want this Wonder Woman 1984, like this Wonder Woman. And I'm so excited for that now yeah. because if, of if, if this, this, because yeah, now exactly. I know they have the track record. Yeah, if this hits, I'm like, come on now, that that that's like three, four in a row now. That's at a that slam point. dunk. It's got depending be. on yeah, depending on how you feel about Aquaman, right? But. They got everybody back who made the first one a, a pretty good success, so you, you you hope for the sequel. I, I I said it off the top. I'm I'm at like a B for this with a with a very strong chance for this to move up to like a B plus, uh, on on further watches. What about you, Rob? What's your final grade for Birds of Prey? Uh, I'd be there with uh, Kevin at a A minus. Oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, I like positivity. I like strong- yeah, I like that you guys are stronger on it than me. I really do. I, I I like this, and I gotta I gotta drag my wife to it, and uh, hopefully I can remember when the <laughs> bone breaking scenes happen, so I can be like, don't watch this part, babe, because uh, she doesn't like that stuff, but she definitely loves all these characters. So I, for sure, there, there were a lot of gotta, things where I'm like, I yeah. wish I could have taken my stepdaughter of this movie, but it's definitely rated. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's like there wasn't a lot of like. It's mostly just the like. There's tons of cursing, obviously. There's most. Yeah. There's a lot of violence. Like at one point, Victor Zaz does cut a dude's face off. Uh, yeah, that that's the thing, right? It's like someone gets yeah. exploded by a grenade. Someone like like several people get their legs broken. Like uh, yeah, like I honestly, yeah. I would say you and McGregor getting blown up by a grenade was cartoon like yeah like the least violent thing in the movie of the violent acts because it was so cartoony and and uh in in its intricacies but uh yeah like a lot of bones breaking uh you know consumptions of drugs and stuff there wasn't a ton of like sexual content in this movie I don't think like there there, there wasn't a no, lot there, of, there's like, the um, there's the like implied like nearly yeah scene of harley quinn <laughs> yeah yeah there was the implied scene where the guy was like gonna was clearly like loading her into a van so he could take her to his place and sexually assault a passed out harley quinn but there there, there wasn't like a sex scene or anything in this movie or, or any kind of like yeah there, there wasn't any nudity or or, or anything like that because that wasn't the point i really no uh, and because yeah, it's I female like that, directed but... i suspect like there was a, exactly. it was a light hand on that stuff like i mean absolutely the the black canary's costume is you know semi revealing but it's yeah. not like nearly as you know sex pot like as a, you got in suicide exactly. squad 
Yeah, she's not like a friggin' Bond girl walking up to James Bond at a Baccarat table and being like, I've got to distract James Bond with my rack, right? No, it was nothing like that. It was yeah, yeah. And it's then, all very you know, classy. Huntress yeah. has her midriff showing, but she's totally socially awkward and not a sex object at all. <laughs> exactly, no. None, yeah, none of the ladies are... are, are sex kittens i guess for lack of a better term off the top of my head well um, yeah and, and then cassandra kane is portrayed as a teenager a like child. there's yes. never yes. ever something creepy as fuck that could no. have been done in a different movie no um yeah so yeah it's just it's mostly just the r rating is mostly just you know strong language and violence right like it was, oh 100 and mostly the violence because i don't think they cussed like a ton or maybe i'm just not remembering uh it in my you, head you could be desensitized to the language because i know true. i am yeah, unless it goes into like, like Tarantino style cursing, yeah. I, I may not even notice. Yeah, like there's definitely more than one f bomb for sure. But like I would definitely say yeah. the, the hard R came from the uh, multiple bones that were shattered in this in, in yeah. the making of this film. It, it feels more cartoony R rating, like a uh, like a Mad Max Fury Road sort of vibe. Yeah, where it's like this huge manic energy throughout, and it's just a ton of fun. Um, but uh, I, I never got a chance to say this. Actually, the the movie that I could most easily compare it to is Princess Bride. <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, why not? Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> <laughs> it's this like ragtag yeah. group of people, and they think that they have an enemy, but that enemy ends up teaming up with them against the real enemy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> I suppose. Like Huntress is kind of your Inigo Montoya. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That's that's <laughs> not. Uh... It's probably not the craziest comparison you'll hear. <laughs> no, no, no. It's definitely not off base. But like, you're not you're not uh, separating your soldier stretching for that one by any means. But yeah, it just that's not, <laughs> not necessarily what I that that wouldn't have been one of my first choices. That's for sure. But I see where you're going with it. I, I'm picking up what you're putting. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, yeah, I respect what you're putting. <laughs> all right. Well, we're over an hour, so we got to go ahead and get the hell out of here. Um, the Birds of Prey, loved by the crossover podcast, it would seem. If you were coming here looking for for uh, someone to shit on this film, you're you're, you're not going to get it here. Although we we, we I don't get why right. people are shitting on it. I don't. I, uh, a lot of it is I, people I think, hate women, Rob. I, yeah, a lot of it is like I think there's I think it's just there's a lot of man babies who just aren't aren't liking it. I don't get the shitting of a shitting of it on like I I could I could see like. Like the people who I think are should have got it are mostly the man babies and then the like art house goons, right? Who are just who just don't like these fucking comic book movies whatsoever, right? Like they want to see more, uh, more like Scorsese's. Yeah, they they yeah like well well Scorsese's a whole other fucking thing. Like I'm talking about the people who are like, uh, you know they want more black and white films, you know, <laughs> like that that sort of thing, that 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 sort of crowd, but. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking get it either. Um, and you know, and like we've come on here and properly ripped on like the Justice League and shit like that because those were bad films. Uh, but this one is not a bad film. It's a good movie. Everybody we call just... like we see it, and we're not biased by stupid crap like yeah, you know, misogyny or homophobia. <laughs> no, I definitely, I definitely try to call it like I see it. And what I saw is, was a uh, was a very good, uh, very fun film, a very fun film. 
uh, that's worth your 12 bucks. So you should definitely go and spend it because uh, this movie deserves to be making more money in North America than it is. 100%. And that's the, I'm this close to seeing it again. Yeah, and I, 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 I want to go see it a second time for sure. Um, that's it for this week. Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. So uh, check us out on some of those uh, platforms and uh, get uh, our numbers boosted up on those. Get our numbers boosted up on Spotify so I can sell the podcast to uh, Spotify like uh, one of the forefathers of this podcast, Bill Simmons, just did, where he sold his whole podcast network to Spotify. A lot of podcasts I listen to are doing that, actually. It's yeah, kind of yeah. Crazy. Yeah, is this uh, twenty twenty thing, huh? Yeah, I, th- I think. Well, I think Spotify is, I think, attempting to become the, uh, the 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 Disney of kind of like online podcasts, where they're just like, let's just get it all under one house, right? Um, which is weird because that's something Apple should have done, and but uh, they're too busy being like, we got to make more AirPods because people are because <laughs> we're running out. People can't get enough of these things, so uh, Apple's doing fine. I'm sure. I'm sure they're fine without the podcasts. Um, that'll be it for us for this week. We're gonna be back doing uh sports next week because craig and i have got to do some uh with football done we've got to get caught up on the the other sports uh we got to come on and specifically apologize for uh who we suggest to everybody bet their money on in the nhl because we were way off oh man uh not even close uh we've also got to discuss uh the raptors and um get ready for baseball season which includes there's probably going to be a big segment next week of Craig and I just ripping on the Houston Astros. We are going to tear the Astros a new asshole. Or, or we're, we're going to join in the fun of tearing the Astros, those dirty, filthy cheaters, a new asshole. And uh, that, that'll be a lot of fun. So stay stay tuned for that one next week. It'll be Craig and, and myself uh, talking, catching up on a lot of sports and probably a little bit of Bachelor, too. Um, so a little sports and pop culture from Craig and myself next week. After that, I don't necessarily know what we're going to do, but I'm sure something will come up. Uh, so Kevin Miller, Rob Callflesh, thanks a lot for doing this. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time on the Crossover Podcast. <laughs>